0: Welcome to episode 346 of the spokesman cycling podcast this show was engineered on tuesday 20th of february 2024
1: the spokesman cycling roundtable podcast is brought to you by turn bicycles the good people at turn are committed to building bikes that are useful enough to ride every day and dependable enough to carry the people you love in other words They make the kind of bikes that they want to ride. Turn has e-bikes for every type of rider, whether you're commuting, taking your kids to school, or even carrying another adult. Visit www.turnbicycles.com, that's T-E-R-N, bicycles.com, to learn more.
0: I'm Carlton Reed, and today's episode is a half-hour chat with Monica Garrison of Black Girls Do bike a pennsylvania non-profit now in its 11th year of group rides and more for black women and girls and yeah i should have checked out the weather map before i asked the first stupid question have you been riding today oh no
2: <laughs> there's snow everywhere we had a big storm yesterday yeah yesterday
0: i should have checked your weather okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So you, there's, how much of the year can you not cycle in, in Pittsburgh? Ooh,
2: um, <clears throat> pretty much November to March is pretty snowy and rainy and cold. So we have a nice big off season here, though some folks ride through the winter. I'm not one of those people.
0: <laughs> so you kind of come, mm, let's say, March, April, you're kind of really desperate to get out on your bike, that kind of thing.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The mid-March, the weather sh- seems to shift and um, and cyclists return uh, full force and, and then we're good. I mean, we get pretty hot in August and July. You know, it's a bit unbearable and humid. So there's um, some time there where it's not so pleasant to be out on the bike, but um, pretty much,
0: yeah, the rest of the year we're riding. So I really should have checked the weather because that was uh, such a stupid question, wasn't it? If, if you're deep in snow and of course you're not going to be out, oh. out on, on, on a bike that's okay <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the year though tell me about the rest of the year in pittsburgh what's it like riding in 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 pittsburgh
2: uh so pittsburgh is uh, notorious for its hills it's a very hilly city um so it's not for the faint of heart uh literally <laughs> um i i i think over the last 10 years we've had a really Good um, program. Uh, bike Pittsburgh is our local bike ped organization, and they've done a really good job of um, creating infrastructure that connects. So there are large uh, parts of the city that are, are interconnected for commuters and, and everyone else on bikes. So that's nice. Um, we have what we call the Gap Trail here, which is a great Allegheny Passage. And it starts here in Pittsburgh, and you can ride it all the way to Washington, D.C., so a lot of local cyclists uh, put that on their list of things to do in the spring and summer before it gets too hot. Um, and our we have uh, Port Authority, which is our local bus transportation here. And they made an effort a few years ago to outfit all of the buses with um, bike racks on the front. So no matter where you're headed, you can uh, take your bike with you.
0: Yeah, Brits are very jealous. When when we see Americans <laughs> with uh, with buses with that on the front, we get very jealous. We, we've got very few services that will will do that. So, I've seen photographs on your on your website um, where it's like the media images where you can you can use the photographs you're allowed to use, and there's you and mm-hmm. your, there's your kids and there's a bike lane in in Pittsburgh. Um, so I, I, I can visualize extremely well. The, the the bike lane you were you, right. you were you were talking about there but your kids so not only are you yeah. getting uh, women of color and you're getting people just generally onto bikes you know it, it, you're we'll talk about your chapters in a, in a minute but you're getting your kids mm-hmm. onto bikes that that's something that you wanted to do that's something that's just happened what's how have you managed to get your kids on bikes
2: um i mean when i was a kid i loved riding my bike so i just assumed that they would too and i you know i happen to be correct uh but what i did was honestly i started them riding really early like um my son and daughter were probably pedaling bikes at the age of four Mm -hmm. um and so the earlier you get them in the more consistent you are with them wearing helmets then it just becomes a part of their life Mm -hmm. and so you know when when black girls do bike started it was a time where i was riding my bike a lot more than i had in the past and so i just invited them to come along and they they kind of got bitten by the bug <laughs> um i will say my my daughter uh my son is probably the one who goes with me the most these days um uh, we'll load up the bikes and drive to like our downtown area and spend a couple hours riding around when the weather's nice mm-hmm. and that's really fun to do um so yeah it's it's just a I don't know. It's, it's a fun thing to do as a family. Uh, cycling is great for me as a solo sport, but I also like bringing folks along and, you know, showing them how fun it can be.
0: Mm-hmm. So you have the, all these chapters um, across, I mean, there's one, is it yes. it's the one that's in London? Is that still going? It's still going, but we have a, uh, we have a leadership vacuum there.
2: We are our, our leaders who started the group um, stepped down to do another project. Mm-hmm. So we're actually looking for someone to kind of step in and, and, you know rejuvenate the chapter
0: tell me about the chapters in in the u.s then i mean how big do they get which are the biggest ones what what, what's the chapter story
2: sure we have uh 103 chapters here in the u.s so as you can imagine pretty much every major city here Mm -hmm. has a chapter every almost every state um has a has at least one chapter um the smallest chapters are you know a few hundred ladies and our largest chapters have anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 members.
0: That's a lot of members. Um,
2: uh, yeah, I, I, I will honestly say that I, I we've never gotten 2,000 out on a bike yeah, at yeah. once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but generally our rides are, you know, anywhere from five ladies to maybe 40, 40, 50 ladies.
0: And is it kind of... Facebook private group organized is that is that how you get in touch with everybody
2: yeah I think Facebook's been the the easiest way I mean we're 10 years into this journey mm. so Facebook was um a lot more robust 10 years ago but uh, it's still the best way to kind of organize people and yeah so each each chapter has its own Facebook private Facebook group and then so folks who are interested can go to org, and then they can click on chapters and then they can find the nearest chapter for them.
0: You've got very, very strong, bold graphics. Is that something that was there from the get-go or is that something that evolved? Did he have like members who yeah. were graphic artists? How have you managed to, to be really bold and 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 distinctive?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it, so it was always the intention from the beginning well, I should say soon after the beginning. So the plan really wasn't to have chapters and have T-shirts and jerseys and all this. Th- these things all came organically as people began to ask for them. But um, but once we started to design gear, I yeah I, th- I think um, you know I was a business major, so I have a little bit of insight into you know what makes for good advertising. I'm also uh, a photographer, so I, I'm visually. Um, built to you know built to uh, appreciate things and design um, I do most of the design myself uh, I usually just have an idea and then I'll c- uh, collaborate with uh, artists who can bring it to life and I just I, I there are a couple of reasons I think because as a black woman I know that you know our skin tone generally looks really nice with bright colors it's kind of they complement each other mm-hmm. so I never shied away from bright colors and um and you know variety in that respect but also in terms of getting the message out i think you know if someone's wearing a shirt and it's visually appealing and it catches the attention then you're more likely to spread your message and have people ask what's this about you know i've never seen this before so mm. i do think the the visual part of it is a is a huge part of our success
0: mm. and I, I, I kind of uh, guessed. Well, I kind of surmise that you're a photographer because you've got your credit on some of the photographs and there's obviously some mm, studio yeah. lights going on there. There's some serious photography going on behind the scenes there. That's like uh, some pretty impressive stuff.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's been one of my favorite parts of this process is I've been able to flex my uh, photography and video videography muscles a little bit. Mm. And, um, you know, in terms of like posting on our social media, um, that's, that's a, it's a nice way for me to, um, be creative and not get too caught up in the day-to-day things.
0: Mm-hmm. Like you said before that 2013, so you've been going to now, this is your 11th, 11th. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Um, yeah. so, so back, it was 2016. There was an article in bicycling and it was by Ellie blue. Um, Ellie, I, I Ellie was the person who had, uh, uh, the idea for Bionomics. So that's um, me and me and Ellie yes. have, uh, have, have, have spoken a lot over the years. So I know who Ellie is. Okay. Um, but there's a there's a quote in there uh, which I'd like to quote back to you. I mean, it is 2016, so I'm not expecting you to remember this. But I just want you to riff <laughs> on this, really. And that is, so this is a quote, and this is from you. Know that my journey to riding may be completely different than yours. Know that my experience while riding and even how I am perceived while riding, will be different to yours. So, Monica, as a, hmm. uh, clearly I cannot even start to, to imagine what it must be like for you as a black woman on a bicycle because bicyclists are famously kind of like, we're, we're, we're out there sometimes. where We're not the most favourite people of, of, lots, of yeah. lots of, you know, what kind of in many respects, uh, even now um so you kind of take that and then you take the fact that you're a woman and then you add on you're black so you're you're really stacking it against yourself here so so kind of riff on <laughs> on what you said there about how the perception you, the perception of you when you're riding is going to be so so different yeah yeah um uh, yeah
2: thanks for uh kind of breaking that down it's so i do remember the quote now that you read it it's it's uh, it comes back to me um i still believe it to be true so you have a couple of things so most women who are women of color even plus size women which is a category i fit into um we're not expected to be cyclists right no, no one expects us to to pull up on a bike so you the first thing you overcome is the expectation of um from the outside world like where did you come from and and what are you doing on the bicycle? Mm. Um, and we could also have those internalized um, things just from our community. Um, when folks say, well, you know, why, why are you on a bike or uh, how'd you get, how'd you get into that? Um, so there's expectation. Um, and and you mentioned drivers on the road. That's a big thing for me. I, I prefer not to ride on the road. I try to ride on the trails as much as possible but that's just a, it's a comfort level thing. And I think it varies from city to city and, and because all cities aren't the same, but uh, you know, as a woman cyclist, you have, you might have men catcalling calling you mm. um, drawing attention to you physically when you're on the bike from, from a car as a cyclist of color. Um, I know some cyclists, I can't speak for all, but some cyclists of color feel less safe on their bikes mm. because you know, mm. the person behind the wheel could have ill intentions for you mm. and um, you know dry uh, an automobile always wins that contest right so if someone does want to do your do you harm or at least intimidate you um, you know you could be in a vulnerable a more vulnerable position if someone uh, uh, doesn't appreciate you being on the road as a cyclist but then also has a problem with the color of your skin so i, mm. I feel like i feel like most cyclists of color feel that pressure as well because um, in a and car, then,
0: if, sorry, sorry, Monica, yeah. if, if you're in a no, car no. and you experience racism, you're in a car, you've got locked windows, mm-hmm. you can you can kind of hide. But if you're on a bicycle, right. y- you can't hide. Your, your skin is out there. You're really like um, making sure that people know you're there. And that's that it must be very vulnerable.
2: It, it does feel very vulnerable. Uh, it's, it's almost like you feel like a sitting duck, right? Mm. So... And if you put yourself in that position, uh, I imagine you want to feel like you are um, uh, equipped maybe to escape, right? So so physically, you may want to make sure that you have the, the strength, the stamina to get out of a tough situation. Um, but yeah, when it comes down to it, as I said, the automobile is always going to win. So if someone does want to do you harm, not a whole lot you can do. And that's the scary part. Yeah. Mm. Um, as a cyclist and a cyclist of color
0: Mm. and then Mm. saying all that i'm I'm going to assume here that that that's one of the the reasons why you would want to ride in a bunch of women black women together because you are not going to you're you're like there's a group of you you're no longer alone
2: yeah sure safety in numbers uh if you're on the road and there are, you know, 10, 15 of you, then you're drawing attention in the way of, oh, the cars are going to see me, right? Mm. So safety. Um, but also there's strength in numbers. So if something does happen then you have folks there who are witnesses to report it, um, hopefully the the fact that there are multiple women or people um, will deter someone from um, doing something, you know, negative, But uh, yeah, it's certainly, I mean, there are many reasons why riding together is is great and there are positives, but I, I think that's definitely one of them.
0: At this point, we'll cut from Monica to a short ad break. Take it away,
1: David. This podcast is brought to you by Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn understand that while a large cargo bike can carry oodles of stuff, many of us prefer something, well, a little more manageable. That's why they've come up with the HSD e-cargo bike for folks with big aspirations to go car-free delivered in a compact size. With its rear shock to 80 kilos and a combined hauling capacity of 180 kilos, the robust new HSD is stable and easy to maneuver, even when under load. And with its Bosch e bike system tested and certified to meet the highest UL standards for electric and fire safety, you'll be able to share many worry free adventures with a loved one, whether it's your kiddo or nan. Visit www.turnbicycles, that's T E R N, turnbicycles.com to learn more. Thanks, David. And we are back with Monica Garrison of Black
0: Girls Do Bike. So tell me about your sheroes. Who are they?
2: (laughs) Yes. Our sheroes are women across the country who have uh, volunteered their time to organize uh, at least one monthly ride. Um, They moderate the Facebook pages that we talked about earlier and they keep, um, you know, they keep it exciting. They also are plugged in. I'm plugged into the sheroes. So they let me know what, folks are asking for or or what things we need as an organization or um, I even get their opinions on you know designs for instance for cycling gear Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're just really enthusiastic women who who are boots on the ground they're doing the the work that keeps the organization moving forward Um, and they they are really amazing they're like super fans of Black Girls Do Bike for the most part and um, I'm very grateful to have them working on our side.
0: Mm. Now How's the industry been with you? Because famously, the industry is pretty white, is generally male. It's kind of tech mm-hmm. bro, but for bikes. Um, so, how has the industry? Uh, how does the industry perceive you? How has the industry uh, maybe funded you, supported you? H- how how have you done with the industry?
2: Sure. The um, I think in, in general, the statement would be that the industry has been very supportive. Um, I was my first like introduction to the cycling community was the National Bike Conference in uh, Washington D.C. many years ago, and I was really well received there. And then over the years, we've managed to have partnerships with. Um, Probably Trek Bike was our first like manufacturer that that partner with us for a couple of years, and they you know they um, helped support our national meetup uh, one year, and we all went to Trek headquarters and uh, participated in the Trek One Hundred. Um, we've been partners with REI, who's a, a big outdoor supplier uh, store here in the U.S. I don't know if they're. Uh, overseas, but mm. they've been a, a really nice strategic partner Not in, in terms of monetary um, support. Absolutely. But also, you know, behind the scenes finding out where our pain points are as an organization and also connecting us with other orgs who are operating in the outdoors for minority groups um, and, you know, for other activities like hiking and um, mm. running and things like that. Um, and then just along the way we we've had, a number of other just uh, companies who have stepped up uh, from year to year to support us in different ways. But um, so, yeah, overall, I think it's been amazing. Uh, I've been in rooms that I never imagined I would be, um, and, you know, a- answering questions and and helping with things like plus sizing for, for women in, 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 um, in merchandise, um, mm. you know, even, even with designing bikes, I've, I've given input with that. Um, notoriously, women have black women have uh, issues getting cycling helmets that fit over their natural hairstyles. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been involved in um, you know, some folks who want to change that. So I think overall it's been great. I've, I've done lots of interviews through the years, and I think our message has, at least within the cycling community, our, I think our message has gotten out there. I think a lot of people are aware that we exist and know that we need support.
0: So imagine you know, go back to 2013 when when this first kicked off, and now mm-hmm. have you seen any systemic changes? Are you see, have you seen anything like, oh wow, that's so different to uh, ten years ago? Or is it this is going to be an uphill struggle? How how do you how do you think it, it, it's gone over those ten years, and and how much of a difference maybe have you made?
2: Yeah, I I think we've made really good strides. Uh, I think. When you when you show up to a bike event now versus ten years ago, there are a lot more women and and people of color at those events. Um, uh, I think I think obviously we have a long way to go, but I, I definitely want to acknowledge the progress that we've made, and I hope that Black Girls Do Bike has been central in um, you know letting people know of the, the concerns and issues that face our community um, uniquely. Um, and, but beyond that, I think. The most important thing, if you know, if we're here 10 years from now, still doing this work, um, is kind of the pain point has always been having people of color in the decision decision making chairs, right? Working at companies, um, mm-hmm. you know, working in the industry, whether it be uh, uh, racing, whether it be you know, even other types of cycling, BMX, um, all of all the genres of cycling. I think we don't have enough people of color who are working in those jobs who can affect change from the inside and as always um we love to see more bike shops that are owned by people of color which is a rare thing here in the u.s
0: monica this is gonna be a tough one to answer but but why is that what why why do you have to do what you do why why isn't it just normal for a black person to get yeah. on a bicycle what what what's what's what stopped black people from doing this
2: hmm. That's a good one. Uh,
0: I, I think,
2: well, I'll speak for myself, but then I'll go a little bit more broadly into it. So um, when I was a young person, I didn't, there were no women in my family who rode bikes. I've never seen other than into my adult life as a young person, I never saw my mom, you know, just casually get on a bike and mm-hmm. ride it. So there's that there, there, It's just not a norm in our community. Um, beyond that, I think you won't really ride regularly unless you have a, a bike that you enjoy riding. That's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And to get to that point, you, you have to spend some money, right. To get a bicycle that is, you know, essentially fit to your body and, mm. and is comfortable to ride. And so it could be just a matter of um, making the ab- investment. There are a lot of uh, sports that black people aren't in because the barrier to entry could mm. be economic. And so here in the U.S., that's you know, the, there are a lot of black people below the poverty poverty line who will never um, be able to enter some of these sports, and um, and and I think some people are just intimidated to walk into a room where they're the only person that looks like them. And mm-hmm. not, not everyone, but but I think that is that can be a characteristic um, of, of people of color, black people. So, you know, if you, you may not want to show up to a a ride when you aren't going to know anybody, you anticipate it's going to be all white guys uh, who you may or may not have anything in common with. Um, you don't know how competitive the ride's going to be. Um, so there are a lot of unknowns and I think that alone is enough to keep you from trying something new. So that's kind of where we come in, right? We, we are, Pushing cycling as an activity that everyone can enjoy, but we're also giving you a safe space, um, for lack of a better word, mm. to uh, to enter into it and to try it and see if you like it. Uh, and you may try it and, and not like it, never come back. But for some people, they show up, they ride, and they find that it's you know enjoyable, and they and they continue to come and they discover something new. So um, we try to get rid- that Im- intimidation uh, factor out of the equation.
0: I'm, tra- I'm trying to think if uh, 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 I have know the answer here, but in the Netherlands, mm. where it's a societal norm to ride a bike, black people ride bikes, Asian people mm-hmm. ride bikes. You know Muslim women in their hijab ride bikes. It's because it's a cultural mm-hmm. norm to ride a bike, because you were saying there before about you know you didn't see your mum uh, ride a bike. Well, in the Netherlands, all people will see their mum. Their aunties, their grandmother, the bank managers, everybody we on, on on bicycles. So there's there's no real huge split in in like a, a color thing at all. It's just it's a cultural yeah. thing. And so uh, on the one hand, I'm I'm asking you a question about um, b- being black on a bicycle, but that question could be just as easily have asked of, of, of white people generally. White people generally in the cultures, you know, in Britain. And in America, not in the mm-hmm. Netherlands, but where we, where we are, it's not a cultural norm to be on a bicycle. So that's why people aren't on bicycles. And there is the color aspect to it, of course, but it's just generally sure. people aren't on bikes at, at, at the end of the day. And we are, Monica, we are kind of weird.
2: <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It's uh, it's not a cultural norm to ride a bicycle in the United States, uh, maybe with the exception of a few cities. Mm. I I think, and I've heard this argument made, and I, I for now I agree with it until I hear a better one. Which is, uh, and I don't know if this is true in the UK as well, but here um, the one the infrastructure here is built around cars, right? So it's car centric. Hmm. So there is really a safety concern with being on a bicycle and in on a lot of major roads in the US. And secondly, we value as a culture uh, individualism, and we we tie status to mm. our car.
0: Mm.
2: So um, it's the bicycle is secondary. And, when, and the funny part is there was a time when bicycles were the main form of transportation here. Right. And, um, and roadways were actually built. Uh, many of our fundamental roadways were built so that cyclists could get around. And then at some point that, that shifted. But um uh, I honestly don't think we'll ever move away from that. Maybe in a hundred years, when you know cars are self-driving and uh, it's a little, a lot more safe, and uh, you know, folks, uh, their their definition of success has changed. But for now, with a car-centric society, I think cycling will always be a second-class citizen.
0: Just to end, really, and that, that there's a quote, like another quote. I'm going to pick up from the the Ellie Blue article, and again, this is this is Monica. This is by you uh and mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like you to riff on this a bit if you, if you can so just you said the cycling spectrum is a beautiful one so what do you mean by the cycling spectrum
2: uh i mean the spectrum of uh personalities and uh literally the the types of people who ride bikes uh i find as a as a general bunch cyclists are extremely kind uh gentle people and uh you know anyone who appreciates the, you know, the value of getting on a bike and, and finding that relaxing, um, I'm willing to be a friend to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and even just the cycling in general, there are many types of cycling. So you can kind of, there's a phrase here, you get in where you fit in. So once you decide that you like riding a bike, there's so many uh, things open to you in terms of the kind of cycling that you do, whether it's long distance, like cross-country rides or um, cyclocross, gravel, BMX, um, you know, th- there's so many things that you can get into.
0: Monica, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to talk to you. Can you t- please tell people where they can, I mean, well, I'm definitely going to plug, um, the, the fact that you're looking for London people, but just where can people, um, get more information, uh, about uh, black girl, uh, black girls do bike. Uh, I'm kind of giving it away there cause it's going to be a, but anyway, just give us the URL.
2: Sure. Uh, BlackGirlsDoBike.org is the best way to find us. And from there, you can link to... Uh, it's pretty easy to navigate, so you can link to our shop to check out our gear. You can link to our chapter
0: page to see all the cities that we're in. Thanks for listening to episode 346 of this spokesman podcast brought to you in association with Turn Bicycles. Show notes and more can be found at the-spokesman.com next episode will be a fireside chat on the Isle of Man with Richard Fletcher that's out at the weekend but meanwhile get out there and ride